Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of the Rebels Rewatch. I'm your Herd Leader, John Wayne. It feels like we were just here. It feels like we were just here. I'm Megan High. And you were here, and Boba was here, and Piglet was here. And Ke- and Kanan was here. And Kanan was, yes. Uh, so, continuing on, talking some more Rebels. Um, we're in a lot of these very independent episodes, so it's a one episode per episode kind of discussion again this week. Um, but every episode's proven to have uh, a good amount to discuss. Um, just fair uh, warning and transparency. We never exactly know how long an episode of Rebels Rewatch is going to be. No. Um, because, I mean, we know we'll talk about the episode, but Mostly. we never know what else comes up. <laughs> um, I mean, la- you know, the last few episodes have been good examples of that where, you know, I mean, it just starts a conversation. Yeah. Um, and it happens to be centered around and based upon an episode of Rebels. Um, but I mean, you could just watch the episode yourself. You don't, you, you, you come here for the commentary and the yeah. hijinks, right? Watch the show, my guy. Um, so we are continuing on in season two and this is episode nine, I believe. Don't like that. Um, this is Stealth Strike. So, um, this is an episode that picks up, it starts off in the middle of something we don't have the full picture of. Because whatever was currently going on is not the point. It's what happens next. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, it inspires some hijinks and events uh, that fill the 22-minute allotted space of an average episode. <laughs> Stuff happens. Uh, yeah. Um, this one's really cool because it's a Kanan and Rex-focused episode. So last episode was very Sabine-focused. This one, um, we get some time with uh, a Jedi and his clone. Um, yeah. Kanan and Rex's relationship, hi Boba, um, continues to be a favorite of mine just for how complex it is. Oh yeah. I mean, like, I don't think I've been quiet about how Rex is one of my favorite characters of yeah. anything he's in. Mm-hmm. I just, I love, I love a good clone and he's the best. Yeah. Well, and he's in a unique place in his life, obviously. Um, and especially yeah. after uh, our main show last week talking about you know, clones and, and sort mm-hmm. of what was that transition to the Empire like and whatnot. Yeah, and a gentle um, reminder. Rex, at this point, is only pretty much in his 30s. Uh, 20s, really. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Um, do you feel like Rex right now in your 20s? I Exact. I do. Yeah. Um, spiritually, I have uh, genetic modifications to age yeah. quicker. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think we've ever mentioned our ages on the podcast, but we're 26 and 25. We let our conversations like, decide what you basically. think. Every, anytime anybody asks how old I am, I'm always like, what do you think? Uh, and it's yeah. always interesting what people say. <laughs> I've heard, like, for you, I've heard 30s. I've heard 20s. Like, it's very It funny. can go anywhere. And it also depends on what context you know me in. Um, yeah. A lot of people, per my work, are where a lot of the older age guesses come from. Yeah. Um, Children always think that we're, like, 17. <laughs> well, yeah, if 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 there's a little bit more fun to be had and if I'm allowed to be a little bit more, uh, comfortable, yeah. more current events, current lingo comes into play. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that I can talk about things, it, it helps that certain shows I grew up with are back around or still around. Yeah. Um, so it gives a commonality for younger people, but, um, 
a big part of my my job is public speaking, yeah. and I can't say certain things that I normally say, like dope and funky, and uh, all <laughs> that stuff. I just ride down the street in a skateboard and dab while saying rad. You get to be cool because you you work in a bookstore, and so being geeky and weird works. Yeah. Um, you know, with mine, I've got I've got certain things where you know it's just it's just about how I come off. Yeah. I, I'm I'm definitely stricter, more professional. So that makes it feel older. Yes. Uh, but no, by and large, I feel uh, feel very much like Boba Fett. Uh, not Boba Fett. Sorry. <laughs> Boba's doing a thing, and I want him to stop. Boba. Boba, quit hey. it. Did you see when he was bouncing his ball? You have no opinion ago? on this show. Stop talking. Hey, Boba, what do you think of clones? Not much. Um, no, I, I feel like um, I feel like Rex internally for sure. Um, but yeah, so having talked about, Hey, this, you know, we go from the height of clones are the most efficient and best and reliable yeah. to, uh, they're relics and old pieces of equipment. I mean, that yeah. even plays into this episode. So <clears throat> you, Rex is in a unique place versus where like you fell in love with him with clone wars as we yeah. were introduced to him. He's no longer front lines. I mean, you know, even in this episode, he can't do some of the things young Rex used to be able to do. Yeah. He's old. Um, he's one of those characters that was like immediate affection for a character. Oh, yeah. He's a great character. Um, and seeing where he's grown, um, th- this one really shows off some of his, man, I'm really tired. Um, <laughs> you know, it's got to be exhausting, even though being born and bred for war, like even then you still got to be sick of it, like mm-hmm. sick of seeing it and all this other stuff. Um and then to have this guy constantly holding it over your head that you're a clone and that your people killed his people. And I mean, emotionally, it's got to be draining as well. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, on the flip side, I sympathize with Kanan and I get why he holds it against Rex. I mean, what did the Jedi, what did, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan, well, no, Anakin and Ahsoka are, are generally exceptions, but by and large, what did clone or what did a uh, Jedi know of clones? Yeah. What did they care? You know. Um, yeah. I mean, we get the extremes of you know characters like Anakin who were attached and loved their clones, and then you have Ponkrell who just can. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Kanan's very down in the middle. I mean, he shows that he, um, at, in, as a younger person, as a, as a Padawan during the time. He shows that, yeah, he had a working relationship, but by and large, I don't think he had what Anakin and Rex had. Yeah. Um, you know, the significance of, of Kanan to the clones is more so we worked together. Yeah. How could you just do the, you know, it's less of, you know, Rex versus Ahsoka, where it's just very much like, oh my gosh, no, that like, you are much closer than this. So, um, but, you know... They're, they're both in interesting points. And, and again, they, they have such a complex and interesting relationship when they're, when they're the focus. It, I, I, I really enjoy it. And from uh, one of the last times we had Kanan and Rex in focus, um, it was a very interesting one. Uh, it was one of the ones where they both wanted to train Ezra a certain way. And Ezra's just like, dude, I don't know what I want. I don't know if I want to be a, a rebel soldier. I don't know if I want to be a Jedi. Like, I mean, I, I imagine some days it's difficult to know. Yeah. Um, just in general, like you can decide right now something and then 
you're in the thick of something or you're dealing with something and all of a sudden that Maybe decision, yeah, no more. yeah. And that's valid. That's fair. You've got to evaluate. Yeah. You've got to. Boba, I told you, you have no opinion. Stop it. He wants to. If you want to give the boy an opinion, go to Patreon. Um, <laughs> give <laughs> um, us some money so he can pay attention. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you kind of, kind of got to always ask yourself and, and sort of, as my like spiritual dad says, you've got to frisk it every now and then. You've got to just check it out. Is it, does it still feel the same way? Yeah. Does it? Do you, do you still think that? Do you still believe that? Um, yeah. And this episode's kind of no different, although it doesn't necessarily center around. Hey, we both want to teach Ezra a different thing. Uh, it's more so Ezra and Sato. Commander Sato, I love Sato. He's great. He's such a great character. Um, cl- clearly, very. Uh, George Takei Sulu-ish. Oh, yeah. um, Except we've never seen him fence, which, right. for Pete's sake, let the no, man fence. No, but he, he's, a, he's a captain I would follow for sure. Um, but um, they're on, again, so it starts off not with the point. They're they're coming back or going on some sort of mission. And for mm-hmm. some reason, um, Sato got the job of babysitting Ezra this episode. Um, Cause none, no one else wanted to do it. Yeah, right. Just like go hang out with uncle Sato. So um, as they're on their way, one way or the other, um, they are pulled out of hyperspace by the empire. Um, we'll come <clears throat> back to that. But so essentially Ezra's not right under Rex and Kanan, but ultimately Rex and Kanan are the ones who go on the rescue mission. Yeah. Kanan, because it's always good to have a Jedi Rex, because he was an Imperial. If we're going to infiltrate the Empire, he'd kind of be a good guy to have around. Yeah. Uh, he kind of knows the lingo. He's a soldier. Um, so it, it would work out pretty well. So it just makes sense that they would be the ones going. And, of course, they have different opinions about how we do it. And, of course, yeah. Kanan's complaining the whole way of, I don't know how you soldiers do it because of the armor and all that. Like, yeah. You know. And then, of course... Rex hates it too because it's just like, yeah, they don't make it like they used to, and yeah, he doesn't fit it like he used to. <laughs> I have ever seen is Rex trying to put on the armor, and he's just like, <laughs> oh yeah, and he's 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 beefier than he used to be yeah. for sure. He's got a dad bod now. Yeah, there's um, a six pack under that. <laughs> oh, he'd still kick your butt. Oh, um, absolutely. But it's it is funny um, seeing age. You don't get to see that a lot in characters in Star Wars. Yeah. You know, obviously we see young and old Obi-Wan, young and old uh, Luke, Leia, and Han. You you see it th- here and there, but, um, you know, to see it so fully played out. Because, I mean, arguably, you see more of Rex's maturity and age over time versus yeah. a lot of movie characters because a lot's insinuated. You know, the 10 years between one and two, we don't see. The three years between... Um, or is it three? The the time between five and six, you know, when Luke goes from, you know, I want to be a Jedi to a Jedi, we don't see that. So a lot of yeah. imagery is insinuated versus we get a lot of that more upfront here through show. And that's where shows do have a superiority to movies, I think, in terms of development and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, these, these characters definitely age over time. Um, and we get to see that. Like, it's something great that we got to saw with we got to solve. I we got, got to solve. I solved it with my own eyes. <laughs> um, uh, we saw it with Ahsoka. Definitely. Yeah, I, I was getting Front ready to say. Um, like, her, her, she gets the, her, the next episode we're talking about actually is an Ahsoka focus where this is definitive 
oh, dang, she's grown up. Yeah. Oh, man, she is not a kid anymore. Um, and a, a lot of that's still kept, even though we got a little bit of a glimpse in her maturity at the end of season seven. Yeah. Because definitely who she is fighting on Mandalore versus who she was when she left the Jedi Order, yeah. even that's different. I appreciate how many costume changes Ahsoka had in the Clone oh, Wars. Yeah. Like, just great. Mm-hmm. She had that little snow bunny outfit that was very cute. Snow bunny? Yeah. When was that? Uh, when she was out with, uh, what's his face? Um, the Separatist's son. Oh, uh, Lux? Monetary? Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, you're talking about an guy. actual, like, um, like cold weather outfit. Yeah. Okay. I, I was, never mind. You know mind. what a snow bunny is? No. Well, it's a bunny in the snow, right? Ladies like, who ski. Oh, okay. No, I didn't yeah. know that's what that term meant. Um, yeah, it's okay. cute. You, you have very different uh, Webster dictionaries for your words than I do. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just going to say it's, that. It's called a pecan. It, that's a pecan. It's a pecan. Um, so as we mentioned, Boba. Stop. <laughs> Dude. He just looked up at the face of Dan. Our 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 studio is not your playground, our boy. Co-host. We're gonna stop bringing our children to work uh, if if this is gonna be how it go. Get your bunny. Yes, get your bunny. Um. So, as we mentioned, um, the setup is that the Empire now has a way to pull out ships from hyperspace without looking. What is it? Uh, it's an interdictor class star destroyer. Wow. What? Nerd. Was I not supposed to know that? <laughs> no, I just wanted to know if you could tell me what it was without looking. Yeah, no, I love these. These are old school. These are not uh, new and made for Rebels. Um, Rebels took something that existed um, and is known and updated mm-hmm. updated it. As, as it's known to do, um, it's, it's done that with many ship designs, classes. Um, the Although we haven't seen them in a while, the ATDP, the sort of mini ATST yes, is an I example love, of that. I love the name. Yeah, DP. DP. Um yeah, it's it, it's another example of hey, here's a thing that kind of exists. Let's just make it real. Yeah. Um the one that shows up in Rebels is much bigger than they were originally designed to be, but it is in for all intents and purposes a star destroyer specifically designed with a high gravity tractor beam that can even pull from hyperspace as we see yeah. play out here. Do you prefer Imperial walkers um, to Republic walkers? Uh, it depends on what you're comparing. Well, just in like general. Walker to Walker. Cause um, there's Walker different... to Walker. That's my new uh, show. <laughs> ABC. Yes. Um, you know, it depends uh, on a couple of different factors. Like anything compared to the ATAT <clears throat> loses to me because the ATAT is the Walker. It's the granddaddy, and it's cool. And you want? Um, yeah, it's it's just the best. Yeah. Um, I do love the ATTE. Um, there's not exactly a mid grade Imperial Walker. There's either a, a large or, or small grade. So you either go from yeah. ATST to ATAT. Whereas with the Republic, you had the ATTE. You had the AT. PT, which was sort of a three-legged walker, and then you had the um, ATRT, <laughs> no, uh, which was basically the ATDP, but without the canopy. Like it was literally just wide open, like you yeah. were out and about. Um, it's a lot of letters. It um, is. You kind of have to know what I'm talking about, or you have to have Google 
images ready and available, but um, research your walkers and, and make your own decisions. But um, more than likely definitive walker for me is always mm-hmm. going to be AT-AT. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's things to love about each of them. Um, and I, I really love Star Destroyers. I of I mean, even Republic design. Something about flying pizza is amazing <laughs> to me. Um, you know, pizza and parsecs will, will know what I'm talking about. Um, you shouted them out like every other episode. They're great people. They're, they are I, great. I mean, David yeah. and Liv are just the sweetest sweethearts well, ever. Yeah, they just they just happen to come up a lot more. But yeah. uh, we we love we love all of our Red Five family, um, all of our our lovely pod people. Yeah. So, um, but I, I love this. I, I love the Interdictor, and I love variations of yeah. the Star Destroyer. Um, it's a really cool design. It's a really iconic design. And um, this is a great example of taking it and enhancing it for a specific job. Uh, in this case, again, it's for trapping ships. And this is really interesting and um, creative warfare because so much of what happens in Star Wars is in hyperspace. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of what gives an advantage or um, saves the day is hyperspace. So being able to control hyperspace is very important. And um, this is a very cool way uh, to accomplish it. Um, It's something, you know, I mean, we know it was realized by the time of the first order hyperspace tracking, but was under study during the time of the empire. Mm -hmm. But when you couldn't track through hyperspace, you basically made sure that they couldn't get to hyperspace. Yeah. So it's, it, it's just very clever. It's a cool design. I mean, um, yeah, it's also a great way to insinuate. So like, you know, it, it has four giant bulbs on along the sort of uh, bridge. And essentially those are bit like giant tractor beam reactors. Yeah. Gravity wells. So it's literally the idea of, okay, if, it just comes down to having enough power to hold anything or pull in anything. We just need bigger batteries, right? Well, yeah. it's a great way to show that rather than... So, for instance, um, although I love the Star Destroyer Death Star cannons uh, in Tross, they're small. They yeah. have a lot of power for being so small. Say what you will about sequels, but they have done amazing things with ship technology. Like like you well, said, the Death Star... Um, cannons yeah i don't i don't know exactly what they're called i don't remember um um and then even using light cb light lady speed light (laughs) speed as a weapon true yeah like that was incredible that's a fantastic scene yeah i mean you can put it up to i guess technology advancements they were able to get more power in a littler cannon i mean even star base but well that doesn't help because that's a big that's a big thing it's a big freaking gun so you know it's one of those things where it's just like for it to have the power you say it has, I need to see what gives it that. Yeah. Um, we don't know what the Star Destroyers and Tross entirely look like. And because if you destroy the cannon, you destroy the ship, I have to assume essentially the ship itself is the power unit yeah. in the Rise of Skywalker. But here we get a very upfront payoff for, okay, how does it have so much power? Well, it's got four of its own giant reactors yeah uh these are probably even the same level of power reactors that the death star has because the death star being bigger would probably need a lot more power so yeah uh it's it's interesting to think of maybe they developed it for the star destroyer uh or for the death star and ended up saying hey you know what 
we should put this on a Star Destroyer. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's just a really interesting way um, to update an already iconic design. Obviously, something I love and that so my one of my Star Wars love languages, if you will, uh, is ships. You know, uh, science and just like some of the the things that are very, uh, <clears throat> I guess, grounded in a way. But, you know, just yeah. Um, I I enjoy military science and 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 sort of that side of things. It's weird how much of Star Wars mm-hmm. I'm able to connect with just because some of it just seems very counter. So I love the military side of it as much as I love the fantasy side. Yeah. Um, I love the action as, as much as I love the character development. I like the Jedi as much as the guys with the blasters. Um, yeah. I you think know, I'm, I'm lucky that yeah. way. A lot of our interests translate into what we're interested in Star Wars wise. Like, I'm, oh, yeah, sure. I'm very interested in the mysticism movement of the 1800s which translates into wanting to know more about the different like mystic groups in the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. like the Night Sisters or um, the Zuckus's race. Like, mm-hmm. It's just all very interesting. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. I mean, essentially what brings you to Star Wars is what is um, appealing in general, I guess, yeah. you I, know? I feel like a lot of what brings some people to Star Wars is, oh yeah, that's like this thing. Uh, yeah, or the reverse in terms of you like a part of Star Wars and what connects your other interests are. Yeah. Oh, it's like this thing from Star Wars. Yeah. Um, e- either way, I mean, clearly people have different reasons for liking Star Wars. Um, I'm, I'm grateful that I am able to like so much of it. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I can understand where certain parts are more interesting to other people. Um and on a given day, I can't tell you which part I like more. It just depends on the day. Depends on what I'm into. Why wings? You know. Oh, Y wings are always the best. <laughs> um, that's never different. So, uh, as in general, if your buddy's captured by the Empire, the only way, uh, the only tried and true, proven way to uh, get him out is to impersonate a stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's a big part of the plot here in terms of uh, infiltrating. So the idea is they'll infiltrate, get him out, get him on a shuttle, and leave. Um, very simple. Obviously it's not going to go that way and and, and it doesn't, uh, because different things have to make it more interesting, but it's, you know, it's really interesting because this is the most in his element. I think Rex has gotten to be in a while. Uh, even if it is stormtrooper armor and Imperial being a soldier is, is very much his thing. Um, clearly. Uh, and so being able to do that on the opposite side, of course, Kanan is the most uncomfortable and angry and just, he hates the plan. He doesn't trust Rex. It's just all, he's just looking for reasons to complain. Like Kanan is a diva. He's just like, I feel like (laughs) I feel comfortable saying that having known him for, I don't know, a few months now, (laughs) Kanan is a diva. Uh, he likes being right about what he feels is right. Um, that's, you could have stopped it. He likes being right. Yeah. I mean, he, he likes, it's human nature. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, you know, obviously his given opinions about Rex and the Empire, he's just very doubtful, very doubtful for a Jedi. Um, you know, but it's one of his uh, lesser character qualities, honestly, is his over eagerness to doubt uh, what he doesn't agree with. Um, you know, he and Rex don't see eye to eye. So obviously that means clearly 
you're always wrong and I'm always waiting for you to be wrong and I'm always waiting to tell you I told you so. Yeah. Not a very Jedi thing, but it's a very personal. I feel like that's something that he grows out of, though. Oh, definitely, for sure. But, I mean, you've got to think of what put him in the place that he's in. I mean, it's completely justifiable that he's this way. And for our for our sake, uh, for watching a show, it makes it interesting. It makes it engaging because these are two strong characters, You, both of which you are meant to like, uh, but they don't necessarily like each other. It's a weird, it's a weird relationship to have, but it, it's one that's very interesting. It's one, it, you know, it's something you find yourself attracted to watching more of. Like, yeah. I want more of this, you know, because it's interesting. It's like uh, so many buddy cops are based on, they don't necessarily get along. Um, a big part of it is actually that they don't get along. It creates hijinks and fun, unnecessary tension. Yeah. Um, all of those sorts of things. So, Like it, the Shanghai Noon. Or no, not Shanghai Noon. Yeah. That's a different Jackie Chan movie. No, Shang- Shanghai Noon. That's the one Rush where he's um, Chan, Chan Wing, uh, which is a very relevant. It's very funny. Uh, yeah. Um, I was thinking we're Rush Hour, but yes. Uh, really all of them. Yeah. It's a thing of we don't get along. We're too different. I don't like you. I don't agree with you. I don't like your way of doing things. Yeah. Turns out. Around the world in 80 days. You know, they end up getting along. And, and we're, a lot, a, a lot of Chan Jackie Chan movies. movies yes. Um, so, uh, of course, the the captain, um, one of the, Titus something, right? Um, something like that. Yeah. Titus um, stick up I don't know if it's Admiral Titus or probably Commander Titus. Um, he is very eager to tell Brom Callus. Titus. Sorry. Um, Brom? Brom Titus, yes. Oh, interesting. He's very eager to tell Callus about the capture of um, Ezra because you know, he he obviously knows Callus is interested in the Lothal Jedi. Yeah. And here's the thing. Maybe wait to deliver him. Before you give the good news. Yeah. I mean, I understand wanting to Make brag, but wait until you get there. Uh, just because there's a lot that could go wrong, and there's a lot that does go wrong. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel bad for the guy, but it's funny. What's even funnier is that, uh, of course, Ezra. It's Ezra. What it's are, just what, Ezra. What are you expecting? He escapes. Yes. Um, I love that, because um, there's. I think there's even a line from... Um, uh, no, it's later on when um, Rex and Kanan break out Sato and the other rebels. Uh, they're like, what about Ezra? We have to go save him. And he's like, oh, he's fine. And yeah. it's just like, wait, what? The child? He's fine? What? Uh, but this is not a situation Ezra is unfamiliar with. Um, so he breaks himself out and immediately encounters two stormtroopers and shoots them. <laughs> because that's what you do. <laughs> And it turns out, and this is something I've always wondered about the whole thing of, is it really smart to wear the enemy's armor? <laughs> because Absolutely it turns not. out to be Rex and Kanan. Yeah. Um, I love that he tries to play it off because he's like, oh man, you guys fought so bravely. You should have seen it. You you, you took out like 12 stormtroopers, but they got you. But I, don't worry, I chased them off. Yeah. Um, it doesn't last long. And I love the response. The 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 different response from Ezra's two dads is hilarious. Because Kanan's just like, you shot me. Uh, and Rex is like, you shot me. Like, <laughs> so proud. So proud of his sweet, uh, sweet son. It's so amazing. Um, it's just really funny. I, I love this. And I love the father figures and, and input that Ezra gets from these, these characters. He's like... He's like Spider-Man. He just collects dads. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so all in all, 
they can't escape, but they didn't realize. I mean, they, they knew, obviously, they pulled them out of hyperspace, but yeah. I don't think Kanan and Rex entirely realized what was going on. So Ezra explains, like, no, we, it's not going to make a difference if we escape because they have a huge tractor beam. We've got to shut that down. Mm-hmm. So Ezra and Chopper go to do that while um, Kanan and Rex, as we mentioned, go to get the other guys. We get some really cool teamwork from we do. Uh, Rex and Kanan. A great idea, too. Um, it it had to be, I think there's even a line from Rex along the lines of, it's not the first time I've worked with a Jedi. Yeah. Um, this is the kind of stuff you wouldn't see from stormtroopers, obviously. Number one, because they wouldn't work with Jedi, but this sort of ingenuity and creativity, there's not this like stuck standard policy driven way of responding of, oh, we, you know, this is a code so-and-so we do this and we respond with this many troopers and we take this position. Like there, there's no real plan or strategy there's no. just hey let's shoot make guy. it work it's call of duty shoot him um and so kanan uses the force to assist um rex because yeah. rex is a better shot yeah basically you have troopers on either side of a door and kanan is using the force to pull them from their hiding spot so that rex can shoot them which is just, just so dope clever as heck it's so clever it's another good hallway scene um and then but the, you know i mean they're on an imperial star destroyer so of yeah. course the Imperial response is pretty heavy. Um, So Rex uh, takes a stand and says, all right, I'll hold him off. You guys get there so that as get to the ships. um, So Ezra has enough time to shut the thing down and then just get out of here. Very heroic. Very awesome. Uh, You know, I wonder if they got anybody with this. I wonder if anybody thought this would have been it for Rex. It I mean, got me for a second. They kind of but then I build, They do kind of build up some emotion with it. Like they yeah. make it a pretty strong. Like because this is Kanan realizing, oh, this is what I remember clones were before mm-hmm. Order sixty six tainted my vision. This is what I saw: valiant, heroic troopers. Yeah. Um. So you know this this is a really good time that changes Kanan's outlook of of Rex. Um. But Rex gets a good, uh, if it was meant to be a trick, they do a good job because he takes down a lot of stormtroopers and just goes off, goes on to show he's still got it where it counts. Um, but he is older, so he is taken down. Um, but he, he fights tooth and nail. And, and what's really interesting is when they bring him to, um, Titus, uh, he is an admiral. Um, when they bring him to Admiral Titus, it's really interesting how he's just like, you know, what a waste of, you know good stock like he almost treats it like man it's like if you used a gun for a doorstop and it's just like that would be a dope doorstop (laughs) dangerous though that's what that's what's gonna happen when we get gun reform we're just gonna start making doorstops out of there you go um you know he talks about it in this way of just like man you have so much potential and it's so wasted you could be doing so much good for the empire you used to believe in this sort of stuff and like a lot of It's really, really interesting. Um, yeah, there's that great line of uh, Titus asking him where his loyalty is, and Rex is like, "My loyalty was to the Republic, exactly. to democracy." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's really it's really interesting um, the view towards yeah. clones and this idea of like you can still be useful. Like, I mean, come yeah. on, you know, think to your programming, think to your breeding. <laughs> like, you're supposed to be this, not some, you know terrorist and all this other stuff yeah. um really crazy uh, of course kanan 
senses trouble and um there's a great scene where like he leaves the rest of like hey go get the ship i gotta go uh and sato's like where are you going he's like i gotta save my friend i gotta save Ezra's <laughs> other dad um it's his birthday next week and yet again though he uses his armor to the advantage because um like as titus is addressing the uh addressing rex in the yeah. quarter like in the not the quarters in the um main bay he Kanan just walks up yep because he's a stormtrooper <laughs> and that's what you do um and so it's pretty easy to take him down and everything but it's just, it's just this really nice moment where Kanan realizes to put aside his differences and his perception you know uh, last week we talked about it with um Ketsu and Sabine in terms of a lot of Ketsu's reaction towards Sabine was preemptive oh I've got to take her down before she takes me down because clearly she hates me yeah uh, it's very defensive offense um and so, sort of similarly here Kanan kind of has to learn look dude isolated experience yeah a lot of the clones ended up following their programming um but you know if you can't tell that wasn't their choice mm-hmm. they didn't have a choice um you know they were made to do that essentially and so clearly looking at the character of Rex and looking at who he is, you can't judge him in the same light. Yeah. You know, kind of having this, you know, moment of clarity of, ah, maybe I'm a little wrong, um, which is a big thing for, for Kanan to, to uh, admit. Absolutely. So they're able to escape together and um, Ezra and Chopper were able to sabotage the uh, tractor beams. What's really cool is, they're like, oh, just turn them off. Chopper, he can't just do that because no, that's too simple. That's not chopper. theatrical enough. So he actually overpowers it um, and he puts it to where when they turn on the tractor beams to try and stop the rebels from escaping, it not only captures their ship, but all the other ships. Yes. Um, so it automatically targets the other Imperial ships and pulls them in. Well, the Imperial ships are a lot closer than the rebel ship. So as they pull them in, there's no time to stop the tractor beam um, from pulling the, their own ships into the interdictor, ultimately destroying it. There's something so cool about seeing ships just pulled anywhere, really. Right. Like, I love the technology of tractor beams. It's, it's dope. Yeah. Maybe that's just from my love of UFOs. <laughs> but. Well, I mean, again, to credit for the creativity of the interdictor, uh, one of the most powerful tools in space combat is gravity because yeah. there is none. So if you can bring, if you can bring gravity into the battle, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you have a unique tool that <clears throat> literally because of physics, every other person is susceptible to. Yeah. So there's no way, no one, no ship that can be exempt from gravity. So when you add that as a factor yeah. of, Hey, you know, I, I can control the battlefield yeah. uh, it's really intimidating and scary what it's capable of and that's what makes some space battles in star wars so cool yeah it's it's a little more creative than ship to ship very uh submarine a lot of space warfare is very naval oriented mm-hmm. um in fact Belly that's buttons. really the reason that um in halo um it, their space force is actually the navy mm-hmm. because space by and large has a lot of the same uh, uh, dangers and factors as the ocean. You mean it's not just Master Chef? 
It's an entire Navy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot of people. Um, you know, a lot of what goes into uh, naval battle uh, exploration and especially underwater exploration is factors that are taken into consideration for space yeah. in terms of pressurization and all of this other stuff. Uh, and also, um, while gravity's at play in oceanic warfare, um, yet again, if you can anchor another ship, if you can get them locked in a position to where mm -hmm. they're vulnerable. If we can get the icebergs on our side. <laughs> um, then all of a sudden, again, you have play of the field. So um, You're such a nerd. I love it. I mean, it's it's just how it works. It's really interesting. Obviously, space and water are different, but again, it's two very similar fields. And so a lot of the same things apply. Now, so that to say, a lot of the way people create space battle is based on naval warfare in terms of you put the ships side by side and you just bang it out and you have... Uh, Can you please change your wording? No. Um, you know, and then you have aircraft to sort of turn the tide and, and run strafe, but by, hey, it's it's largely ship to ship. Um, yeah. That's What's your favorite you know, ship? Uh, well, diff, like, what do you mean? <laughs> I was going to make a really dumb joke, but now you get serious. I always, <laughs> I don't joke. <laughs> Ships are not a joke to me. Yeah, Finpo. That's uh, my favorite ship. Uh, I, I mean, the only one that's, I get, I mean... I don't know. I don't, I feel like a ship, honestly, I mean, I've always interpreted it as a, a non-canonical relationship just because usually people you ship together never end up together. If, uh, you know, at least from my readings and, and intake of media, usually the reason we call it a ship is because we are putting them together, not the story, if that makes sense. I get you. So, so yes, Finn Poe would be a ship, but, you know, Raylo is honestly to me, now that it's confirmed, not a ship anymore. Mm. It's canonical. Um, just like I wouldn't say Anakin and Padme are a ship. They're, they're a relationship. They are real. Um, so They're canon. Then. Yeah. Um, so if the story dictates the relationship, it's not a ship to me. That's, that's my opinion. Weigh in on this topic, friends. <laughs> so anyway. What's your favorite platonic show? <laughs> right. Uh, Kanan and Rex. Oh. Um, yeah, so I, I agree. I think um, this had a lot of interesting elements that are very Star Wars-y unique. Um, and, and just again, I mean, anytime you get Kanan and Rex together, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, really cool to see another cool ship design to see the interdictor. Um, next week, we get more interesting staying very character-focused. Um, uh, our fan favorite, Ahsoka, comes back, yeah. as do the Inquisitors. It's very interesting. So I cannot wait to talk about that because we start to build towards uh we're about halfway through season two uh with uh the next episode so very exciting very exciting um with that though we'll leave it there feel free to weigh in on any of the topics of this weird conversation right um and as always thank you guys for tuning in um feel free to check out uh the awesome networks that we're a part of that being red five network if you like star wars and star wars podcasters yeah they're full of them we shouted out some friends last week, so let's shout out some different friends this week. Uh, the Force Losers podcast. I was about to shout them yeah, out. Yeah, they've been doing um, live streams um, a lot more lately, and uh, I mean, they don't replace typical episodes for me, but it's, I don't know, I just find it interesting, but that, yeah. um, you know. they're just funny. Oh, yeah. Um, I just, I enjoyed being able to comment live and, and add to the conversation, or, you know, it's, it's just interesting. There's a lot of appeal to 
to live streaming. So yeah. really appreciate them. It's bananas. Um, the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast and Star, uh, Star Wars Conversations always do a lot of work to uh, put together all kinds of stuff for the red5.com uh, site. So uh, definitely appreciate them. They work very hard uh, to give us an awesome platform, um, us and so many other Star Wars podcasts. Yeah. Um, so we really appreciate them. Check them out. Again, red5network.com. You can see all the stuff, see all the episodes that these podcasts released this week and learn about them. Um, or you can go to their Twitter and see some of the latest stuff there as well. Also, uh, Game Infinite. You can go to uh, Game Infinite on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, and check them out. They are um, much wider. So if you're into Star yeah. Wars Plus, um, Game Infinite's really cool because it's all about anything geeky and gamey, really. Um Jesse, who runs it, is a friend of ours. He does regular uh, Twitch streams, which is awesome. Um, he always brings a lot of cool conversation and a lot of fun. Um, and there's always awesome cosplay and art being shared on Instagram over there. So Game Infinite, be sure to check them out as well. We're grateful for all of those awesome people. Um, but with that, uh, we will be back soon with another episode of Rebels Rewatch. But for yeah. now, may the Force be with you. Ship it. <laughs>